Hello, everybody, and welcome to... I'm Talking Here. This is the I'm Talking Here podcast with me, Aaron Day. And me, Rob Brent. And, and here's Adam. Adam. Hello. Oh, Regal. Regal. Oh, I think yeah. <laughs> No, not Seagull. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still off last, last week. Yeah, last week. No, Regal. It was Regal. regal. Yeah, it, it sounded like a Viscount. I thought I'd change up for once. Okay. Regal Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Lovely. Great. Um, so, welcome to the I'm Talking Here podcast with the three of us. Um, so, just a little intro for you before we crack on with today's uh, conversations, chit-chat, yes. camaraderie, natter, nonsense. Mm. I might even yeah. call it a podcast. Oh. We're to te- oh, no, that one's already been taken. Um, so, to celebrate um, the... New Spike Lee film, Black Klansman, coming out on Now TV and Sky Cinema. We're obviously going to review Black Klansman. Then we're also, we're mainly going to talk about films which contain hidden identities in the theme of of, uh, of Black Klansman. Um, we're also going to look at the good, the bad and the bow room. Uh, we're going to give our 30 second recommendations to you as well. The other thing as well, we don't forget we are on Twitter. Please do get in touch with us via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is... Talking here, R B A D. Rob Brent Aaron Day. Talking here, R B A D. Get in touch with us. We'd love to be able to hear from you and and let us know what you think about the podcast and what things you'd like for us to discuss. Lovely. Great. That's a good plug. Thanks. Well done. Succinct. Yes. Concise. Brilliant. Thanks. Let's move on. So here we are, boys. Podcast number eight. Is it number eight? It's number eight now. Yeah, last seven was last week. Oh, fantastic. Is that how numbers work? That is how numbers that is work. How numbers and counting. You're learning something from here. So, um, before we crack on with talking about our hidden identity films and exploring that sub-genre, sub-sub-genre, yeah. just let you know, next week's podcast is going to be slightly different as we're going to be talking about television yes. instead of cinema. Brilliant. But actually, we're talking about cinematic television next week. Yeah, I mean, it's home box office. So yeah, that's what you so want. we're going to do an entire podcast dedicated to Game of Thrones, the last series, the quite polarizing last series, as well as obviously dipping back into our favorite moments over the last, well, nine years of what has been a, a groundbreaking piece of television. But let's move on to our hidden identity films. Rob? Get us into this. Okay, so when it comes to hidden identity films... Yeah, we need some ground rules here. Okay, so ground rules, there needs to be a hidden identity in the film. I don't think we should include superhero films because otherwise we'll just end up talking about superhero films. So it's more when you have a main character and the plot is pretty much around the fact that they've got a secret identity or they pretend to be someone else. Like a superhero. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But... Not superhero films. It, it, is this is this so that we just don't end up just talking about superhero films? Pretty much, so like because so, we've we've sp- we talked a lot about superhero yeah. films the last couple of podcasts. So it's haven't we? be more creative, get away from that. Yeah, um, where you've got uh, a hidden identity within a film. So, for example, go. I will start off with Mulan. Te- what? Mulan. Mulan, as in the Disney film. Yes. Go on. Because you've got the, Mulan. Yeah. I thought it was because I said it weird. I thought no, 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 no. I just, I, it was. It, she I didn't expect it. Is impersonating a man within the Chinese army. Yeah, she is Ping. So that is that a works. hidden identity. And Mulan, I watched it as a kid. Didn't really like it. 
watching an adult, I love that film. It's such a good film. Yeah. Have you seen it? You're looking at me like you've never seen it. No, I have seen Mulan. In fact, yeah. it's it's one of my wife's favourite Disney films. Oh, she's got excellent taste. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Great songs in there. Yeah. You've got a good plot. Yeah. The, uh, the lead villain is terrifying. Yeah. He's absolutely awesome. Yeah. It's just a good all-round film. And a nice healthy dose of stereotypical Orientalism. Yeah, but we'll, we'll ignore that one. <laughs> it's a good, good old, good old Disney. We'll, we'll wait for the remake, and then um, they'll probably just do it again. I think you started off on a, you, you've you've set the base high. Yes, definitely. The base, the bar, the bar high. Adam, white chicks. <laughs> Are we already doing the good, the bad, and the bad? Go on in, Adam. I, I've never sat through white chicks. I've only seen... Six. Have you not? I have tried to sit through white chicks. <laughs> I have sat through white chicks. That does not surprise me. Ah. So tell us about the film White Chicks, Adam. Well, basically, it is a moving tale of um, these two white chicks. But who... they're not white. No, well, the original ones are. Oh, okay. Yeah. So be these two um, white... Was... We call them influence... In... The Influencers. Rich I don't know, they kind of are. They're okay. rich. They're rich. <laughs> <laughs> Two white rich girls and they're being escorted by the police to an event. But then on the way, they cut the nose a bit and they say, we can't go because we look a right state. So the, so the two <laughs> black police officers yeah. think, we're going to get fired if we don't get them there. Why don't we just disguise ourselves as these two white Do, chicks? So they're... They're on the way, so that's why the disguises look so terrible because they put these no, together they get in the professional. car. They get professionals. They get the call a professional because, up, right? And say we need some masks to make and um, disguise. And that's like, what the professional gives them. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrific. <laughs> I couldn't tell. This that's worrying. Put it this way, Rob. This is one of the films that will later on down the line appear in one of Adam's The Good, The Bad, The Bad yeah, Features. Yeah, I it's believe it will. Horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense to me. And you're bringing that as like the best hidden identity film. Well, it's most like, well, the most iconic. Iconic? <laughs> Come on, when you think hidden identity, you think white chicks. Okay, Aaron, help us. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson. Gina Davis plays a, uh, a house mother um, who, who lives in a very frosty area of uh, Northern America. Remind me who, what Gina Davis has been out of. Uh, so Gina Davis was also in The Abyss. Was she in The Fly? Yes, she was. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, with yeah. Jack Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was also in a very awful pirate film, for which I can't remember the name <laughs> of, where she played the lead. But yeah, this is probably her best film. And what happens is, is that she she starts to basically remember that she's a, a an assassin. Really? Yeah, and she's absolutely brilliant. And oh, wow. Samuel L. Jackson is along for the ride as well. Does he remember he's an assassin? No, as well? no, he's oh. he's kind of he's an accomplice. But yeah, he she's it's a brilliant, brilliant film. So is that sort of and it's great action as well. It's very much. It's very much in the same vibe as it's. I'm sure it's directed by the same guy who did Die Hard and The Last Boy Scout, John really? McTiernan. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, Long Kiss Goodnight. Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, and she. So that that is a true hidden identity because she's been able to kind of live this life of being a housewife, and then, and then this she. It, it's all to do with me- it's all to do with her losing her memory and then regaining her memory and remembering who she was as a as a previous person before she had this accident and became a 
I, a house mum. I never thought that sort or of housewife, I should say. Yeah. Angle to it where it's actually the hidden identities that you've been hidden from the character. And yeah. That's what's emerging. Yeah. Ooh. You could even argue that she, she, Captain Marvelled before Captain Marvel. Right. I need to watch that film. And that Samuel L. Jackson's really in it as well. So there's the link. Oh, fantastic. Right. Back Hi to there. you. Back to me. Yeah. Um. Let's go. Point Break. Okay, come on. Hey, do you know what? That's trendy. Keanu Reeves is around at the moment with John Wick 3. In the he light. is around at the moment. Yeah. So, again, I watched Point Break as a kid. Yeah. I remember lots of emotion. I remember them jumping out of a plane. Yeah. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. you got Goodness. Patrick Swayze looking awesome. All that surfing happening. Yeah, there it is. Keanu Reeves shooting his gun up into the air and shouting, ah. Like, yeah. Brilliant emotion within. Um, and yeah. That's all I can remember from it, though. But from those childhood memories, I, it's a film I don't want to watch again because I feel like if I do watch it again, it'll be rubbish. I feel like that with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I, it was my very... Is that f- they wear masks? Well, uh, oh, so that does work. Yeah. Okay. But they use their names like out in the Yeah, open. it's not really hidden. I know. But I watched that film. That was my very first cinema experience, 19... 19- 88, 1989. Wow. And I was being born. I... <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. Aaron's the oldest one round the table. Great, thanks for that. Um, and I just, I, I feel exactly the same way. I feel like mm. at the time, I, I loved that cinema experience and I loved that film. But I do feel that if I went back and watched it, it would ruin some childhood memories for me yeah. because actually it's not a very good film. Yeah, there are films like that that you, you don't want to return to no. because it's just nice to think that they were great things and, and Point Break's one of them for me. Yeah, Titanic's the other. Titanic? Is there a hidden identity in that? No, I mean oh. in terms of films I loved watching the cinema. But actually, I, go back to I thought the boat them. was actually something else. Maybe that was the, the ice, hidden identity. That's why I couldn't find the iceberg. <laughs> the iceberg was the sky. The boat was in on it. The, the beardy captain was the iceberg. <laughs> Excellent. Right, Adam, back over to no. you. Do we want to? <laughs> no, I've got one I've noticed you've written down as well. Go on. Uh, face Off. Right. It's just brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, right, the, the, my favourite trilogy of films ever isn't actually a trilogy, but I'll call it that. It's the Nick Cage action trilogy of the 90s. Okay, so hold on. Right, can I guess what those three films are? Yeah. Okay, so Face Off is one. Yeah. The Rock yeah. is the other. Um, which is brilliant. Um, the third, Snake Eyes. That's a Conair. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes is more of a thriller. Yeah. So that trilogy is one of my favorite trilogy of films ever. Yeah. Because Nick Cage, whatever he's in, hundred percent effort. It doesn't even matter what he's doing. God, we do love Nick Cage oh, on Nick this Cage podcast, is so don't good. we? John Travolta as well is brilliant in it. Yeah. Because he's. Which, 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 I always get confused. Which one's the actual bad guy? And uh, Nick, Cage. Nick, Cage Nick Cage is the actual bad guy, good. yeah. And he and plays he's... the good guy. Yeah, yeah. Because so... his face gets... <laughs> it's a very complicated so... plot. So effectively, through the majority of the film, John Travolta's playing the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But he's not actually the bad no. guy. No, he's not actually the bad How guy. Are... He's, he's like actually the good, the good guy. guy. Correct, yeah. Okay. How I yeah. sum up is, Nick Cage is playing John Travolta trying to be Nick Cage. Yes. While John Travolta is playing Nick Cage trying to be John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So they're, oh. they're both still trying to act, bless them. 
Yes. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, I know. I think you summed it up when you said Nick Cage always puts the effort in. He's always puts so much yeah. It doesn't matter what he's in. He's just like he's just chewing the scenery up. Yeah. <laughs> every time, and it's, I love it. And yeah. the plot makes no sense, but it's perfect. What is the, what is the plot? Oh, you just said uh, it makes no sense. You well, might not Nick be able Cage to is a it. terrorist, mm-hmm. and there's a bomb somewhere, and he's he was killed. And only his brother knows. Then they find out that he wasn't killed. He's in a coma. Mm. Right. And they tell the lead detective who's been trying to hunt Nick Cage down forever because mm-hmm. um, he killed his son. Who's John Travolta. Who's John Travolta. Yeah. Right. At, his son was John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> and they basically, they basically go, right, put his face on so he can talk to his brother and find out where the bomb is. But whilst right. he's doing that... Mm. Nick Cage wakes up without a face, <laughs> puts John Travolta's face on, and then kills everyone who knows about it. So then everyone just assumes it's as nuts. <laughs> but you've seen it, right? I've seen, but again, childhood. <laughs> this was I a know. child. Stop! Stop! Right? This was a childhood film for you. Yes. Okay. So is well, Conair. Do, do, do you know what it is, though? Actually, you say that. I, I watched Die Hard when I was 11. Yeah. 10, 11 years old. So, yeah, probably younger, actually. Yeah, I, I remember watching Terminator like, 2 when I was, like, yeah, 9 or like, 10. Terminator so. 2, Con Air, Die yeah. Hard, Face Off, all of these. I watched. My was dad was young. so irresponsible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, what were our parents doing? Right, this is, right, this is something just... Right, make a note of this, Adam, because I can't trust Rob, right? This is something that we need to have as a feature as a podcast later on, later right. on down the line. Films that we loved watching, even like as kids, that we probably shouldn't have watched. Get it on there, <laughs> right? That would be a great thing to go through, all right? Okay, right, back to you. For me, uh, the ultimate hidden identity film, The Usual Suspects. Yes. Mm. Yeah? And the whole idea suspects. of Kaiser Soze. And you know the of the actors involved in it, including Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> you know, so, I think we all know why I'm saying it like yeah. that. Kevin Spacey. Um, Kevin Spacey. Do you, think, uh, do you think they'll just edit him out of the films? Like? <laughs> um, innocent till proven guilty. <laughs> Allegedly, Kevin Spacey. Um, but yeah, I think I do think that that is actually, and also. Mm. As well. mm. um, but yeah, that that film throughout the entire thing, you're trying to discover the that, 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 that hidden identity, and so it it very much is the center. And he does a very centric. good job of pretending to be innocent throughout the entire film yeah. until it's revealed that he was actually guilty. What? It's like true. <laughs> the lines are starting to blur. <laughs> <laughs> Just the lines are starting to blur. Uh, do you have another one? Um, some like it hot. Yeah, of course. Now, this was a film that uh, my wife put on for me. (laughs) Say it properly. My wife. No, say it properly. My wife. My wife. Fantastic. There we go. Thank you, Buckles. Um, (laughs) So she put it on and I was kind of like, why are we watching this thing? But then I realized throughout how funny this film actually was. And um, I wish I'd looked it up before this, but I'm sure the, the end scene. Oh, it's brilliant. Like the... The, there's some there's some joke made right at the end of the film, which I think is one of the best laughs ever. Yeah. I wish I could tell you what. Do you know? What well, it is? nobody's perfect. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely fantastic film. So I love the film. Again, 
I struggle to remember what happens in it. I know they're jazz singers, or they pretend to be jazz musicians after witnessing a murder. But yeah. And Marilyn Monroe's there, and they like quite one of them quite likes Marilyn Monroe, and then the other ones kind of. Well, it's because they're they're in the old school term they're crossdressers. Yes, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, really, really good film, and I think in if you think in terms of hidden identity, that film does does that. Great work. Yeah. That's a really good choice. Adam, one more from you. Uh, right. No, I've actually got one. Um, Twelfth Night. <laughs> the, the Shakespeare. Yeah. Thing. Okay. They did a film with um, Helena Bonham Carter. Has there ever, is there any Shakespeare play that has not been turned into a film? Uh, probably not. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. Uh, woman. Yeah. Shipwrecked. Yeah. Doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So decides to work for the count. But yeah. uh, he only hires men. So she disguised herself as a man. Can I ask a very I, quick... Sorry. <laughs> Come back to me because I've thought of the okay. best film. Before you continue, first of all, good choice. Second, how is it that you go from the sublime to the ridiculous, <laughs> right? Twelve Night. Ten minutes ago, you'd mentioned white chicks. <laughs> And five minutes ago, face off. I like Shakespeare. <laughs> right. I'm studying English literature as well, so it helps. I mean, Shakespeare is probably a, a mm. fantastic one to delve into because yeah. there is a lot of the sort of yeah. hidden identity. Any of the comedies oh. just revolve around that. Okay, can I give the final one? No, I've got the final one. But you've done two already. Can I just do one more? Just what you said. Like, this is the best film ever. It's got Channing Tatum in it and Vinnie Jones. <gasps> it's got Vinnie Jones! <laughs> She's the man. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is she's the man, is that the one that has got um, the younger actress in it? The the one that went completely off the off the wire? I don't know. I just know that film's great. Okay, okay go on. It's just great. That's she's all you need man. to say. So she's the man. She pretends to be a man. <laughs> that explains the title for you. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm no. sure it is. I'm sure. Yeah, Amanda Bynes. Yeah. yeah, what happened to her? Oh, she went nuts. Oh, no. Yeah, she went She went full-blown off the rails. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But she's the man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Oh. What is Vinnie Jones? What is Vinnie Jones? Vinnie Jones. I didn't I know that Channing Tatum was in that Channing Tatum's like the main love interest. Yeah. For it. Like, it's, it's just brilliant. God, was he that young at the time? I don't know. How, 2006. So, again, I watched it. As 13 a, years as ago, kid. that film. Wow, yeah. Vinnie yeah. Jones was being dead. You're but that would, only been, that would have only been... It's the closest to watching football I ever get. <laughs> Hold on, 2006? Yeah. That would have only been five years before Magic Mike? I think so, yeah. Magic Mike was 2011, but wasn't he, he was in like 21 Drum Street and stuff like that before mm. Magic Mike, wasn't he? Or was no, that the same that time? was afterwards. Was after. 21 Drum Street must have been, what, 2013, 2014? No, 2012. Got what, right, for yeah. 21 Drum Street? Yeah, 22 came out. That's so what I'm saying. So Magic fantastic Mike's content. Yeah, <laughs> me showing you the phone. Yeah. But anyway, she's the man. Like I think that is what's led to his success. And obviously not and Amanda Bynes. No, Amanda Bynes went completely in the other direction, pretty much. What about like, Vinnie Jones' success? Vinnie Jones will just always be a success. I mean, oh, I love him. That guy can act. He's so good. That guy can act. Oh my goodness. How Vinnie Jones? You've seen him in Euro Trip. Oh goodness. Oh. Best Vinnie Jones film. Anyway, your last one. Audition. Is that Nick? Takashi Miike's audition tells the story of a video production company uh, sort of producer director who is uh, alone after his his wife has passed away and he is 
uh, he uses the audition process effectively to filter out potential young dates, right? And so he meets, trust me, he meets a young lady mm. through this process and they, they have sort of a budding sort of relationship and they meet up and things like that. He's a slightly older gentleman, she's a slightly younger lady. Um, but it turns out that she is a absolute manic psychopath. And she, um, and it is one of the darkest, most um, sinister hidden identities I've ever witnessed on screen. It is, it is, it is blood curdling in the nature of of how what what goes down in the sort of the final third of the film. Do you know what I love? So you bring films that me and Adam have no idea about. Mm-hmm. And what's lovely is then you tell it to us like it's sit down kids and let me tell you about story time. Yeah. And what was horrific there is that was in my mind. But then you started saying to meet these young dates and it's be sinister. And I felt like that was entirely inappropriate so, for our story. Well, he, the thing is, he, he actually, you know, the manner in which he tries to find a new lady in his life mm-hmm. is actually incredibly arrogant mm-hmm. and shady Mm -hmm. and well put it this way the 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 genre it it, genre wise it switches on its head probably around about halfway through the film and the final third of the film is uh is is an element of female empowerment that you've probably never seen on screen before when you're talking it goes really dark really really dark but it's brilliant my head went to hard candy as well. Very similar. That's almost, that's it's very similar, but it's not. Right, yeah. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have any aspects of of um, sort of child abuse or anything. Like no. It's not like that at all. It's not like that. So, it's, the the woman in question is like in her early to mid twenties. So he all was it? So he like auditions them, saying he's got parts. Like yes, and when he, he doesn't have parts, yeah. so they're they're fake auditions that he sets and up it, in just in order to to meet. Mm. Attractive young ladies. Well, that's why I made a film. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't end like that film. Oh. Yeah. So, what, does, are you saying it starts off more like a romantic comedy sort of kind premise, of vibe? And then just yeah, more like a romantic dark? comedy. No, no, not really. It doesn't really have much in terms of comedy in it. It's more like a kind of romantic drama. Right. And then there is a singular scene where she is on the phone to him, and there is something in the background, and within that scene i don't want to say too much because it's it's now one of the most iconic horror films of the 20th slash 21st century oh, okay. and yeah i would i would highly I'll recommend watching but yeah, you, well, you do need to brace yourself prepare. yeah you really do you really do think think hard candy meets misery Ooh. The, the, the yeah that sounds good. Yeah. It's funny as well that when talking about it, then all these other films come in because I'm thinking even Get Out has this sort of idea of yeah, hidden identities oh, yeah. in it as well. Like, yeah, Get Out definitely does have that sort of hidden identity, doesn't it? Yeah. Good. Oh. Okay, are we voting for one? Mrs. Doubtfire. We, but we know. Oh, we, <laughs> we didn't even say are we one put, of these? Are we putting? Are we just going to ignore yeah, everything we, else? Yeah. And just say we don't Mrs. need to Doubtfire. tell anyone about Mrs. Doubtfire. Because we talked about it last time. Yeah, didn't everyone we? knows Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna. Can we vote for our own? No. You have to vote for either one of mine or one of Adam's. Yeah. Well, do I know? Fake, fake chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Did I don't you just think say I know... fake chicks. Fake <laughs> 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 a name for it. So I don't think I know many of yours. So I think I'm gonna have to go with. Um, uh, face what? off. 
Not white. I'm not doing white <laughs> chicks. Are you kidding? Big Mama's house. <laughs> right. I'm. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go for. She's the man. I'm actually gonna go for Mulan. Mulan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's hefty dose of uh, stereotypical Orientalism. I Adam, I haven't seen Audition yet. So you're gonna say I haven't seen Mulan? But you haven't. <laughs> you haven't. You've sold it to me, so I'm going for Audition. Oh, thank you. What about you? I've already voted. What have you picked? I voted um, Face Off, did I? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Face Off, Mulan, and Audition. Yeah. There's another great weekend's worth of film viewing. (laughs) So, all three of us um, were lucky enough to watch Black Klansman over this last weekend. um, And we're going to go through it now. We're going to review it. I think it's, it's a difficult film... Um, to actually spoil because of so much of the story is already out there and so much of it has already been spoken about over the last few months. It's an Oscar-nominated and Oscar-winning movie. Um, we will, where possible, try not to spoil too much of the film um, because I think it's it's actually... Would you agree with this, Rob? It's actually quite an important film yeah, to watch and not know too much about it beforehand. I don't think it's a film we necessarily need to spoil. I think you can talk enough about it without getting into the nitty-gritty of the, the plot. Yeah, so I think we can... We can safely say that this is going to be a spoiler-free review of Black Klansman. So, um, just to give you sort of a bit of a synopsis. So, directed by the iconic Spike Lee, this tells the true story of Ron Stallworth, who was um, a, a black police officer in Colorado Springs in America during the 70s. Yeah, 70s. And he... He effectively infiltrates um, a local um, Ku Klux Klan uh, organization um, through pretending to be a white person over the telephone. And he enlists his colleague, um, who is a a white Jewish Mm -hmm. uh, undercover police officer. And between the two of them, they infiltrate uh, the Ku Klux Klan organization and actually get all the way up to the top who uh, at the time was a gentleman called David Duke who was the grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan of this extreme far-right fascist organization so um guys what are our expectations before going in to watch this film I thought it was gonna be more ridiculous in what way because all I was told was it's a black man who influenced the KKK and I I thought he's gonna end up whiting up and hiding about in a hood. Hold on, you know this isn't white chicks, right? Yeah, I was hoping for the white chick sequel we never got. <laughs> I would, I would say with that, I'm, I'm sure I saw some things with this where I thought there was more of an element of humour towards the film, and I think it, it did have that within. But I think I thought it would be more comedic, and I'd say, in terms of, now I liked it, I didn't enjoy it though. Oh really? In okay. the sense of, I found it very uncomfortable mm. to watch, mm. um, and I think without s- spoiling it as well, this is a film that really got us teared up at the end for yeah. not a reason that's your usual ones, um, like with a, a character death or anything like that. Like it, w- it was so impactful, but throughout it was that element. I, I didn't watch this in one because. It, just the, the stuff it brings up and the themes and the, and the and the topics within this film are really hard hitting and it does an incredible job. So that's what I'd say in terms of I think I went in expecting to enjoy a film and not I hadn't really prepared myself for how hard hitting this film would be. I don't mean this. I'm not going to try and sort of exaggerate things here, but for me, 
Black Klansman is one of the most important films in the last 10 years. It mm-hmm. is... Um, and, and I think the reason being is I don't even think Ron Stallworth, who who plays the main character in this, who plays the black police officer, who... Um, sorry, who that this film is based around, sorry... I don't think when he when he wrote this book a few years ago, I, I, I wonder whether he anticipated the events that occurred in the book and in the film being so relevant mm-hmm. to what's going on in our culture, in westernised culture mm-hmm. today. And I think that the elements of humour that are kind of... Sort of that are spread sort of throughout the film are really, really important because they do pierce through what could be an incredibly stifling film. Yeah. yeah. Not stuffy, but no. it could, you know, the, the 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 themes in it are so important and mm. so uh, crucial and so important to sort of learn about that it, it you could find yourself being a little overwhelmed by it, like what you were at some point. And I do think actually that... The, the the humor that runs throughout the film, it, it it goes from sort of sarcastic, witty humor to actually really making fun of certain elements of society as mm-hmm. well. And I thought what was actually quite significant, especially for a Spike Lee film, is he wasn't actually he wasn't afraid to um, paint paint his his characters sort of from a minor ethnic background. In a in a very flawed and vulnerable way as well, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was very important that they weren't just seen as these, you know, wonderful people that were able to sort of break down this this sort of horrendous far right organization from the inside out, but actually that they they had human traits that were flawed and were negative at times, particularly with Patrice. I think she was incredibly yes. naive mm-hmm. at times and that was important. You know, she was she was noble and she was she felt I think she felt that she was right in what she was doing and trying to mm-hmm. be a, an activist, but actually not listening to Ron's um advice and and information sometimes was was you know, you could see him trying to sort of balance these two worlds, you know. You were, the scene that springs to mind would be for that in terms of where you've got it intercut um, with them shouting the white power mm, against yeah. the black power where it very much draws the yeah. lines between it and that's where then your, I suppose you, Ron Stallworth and your, your Flip Zimmerman mm. are kind of between this trying to bridge this gap yeah. between them both but, yeah um, yeah I think I think that was the thing with it I went in not expecting it to be as hard hitting yeah. as it was mm-hmm. and it was just hearing people speak like that and having the views. But again, throughout, I was thinking, oh my goodness, well, this was back in the 70s. And to have, t- to be just hit with, no, this is still just as big a problem yeah, as it I ever think, was. Yeah, I think it's, it's important to say that actually, I, and I don't think this is a spoiler, because I think it's, it, in, a, in a way, it kind of, the, the film goes from being a period piece mm-hmm. so to speak with and then in the last three minutes becomes modern day documentary yes yeah. and the there is there is almost no contrast there is almost no juxtaposition mm-hmm. you know the, the events that occurred back in the 1970s that ron stallworth story is based on are, is and, and themes around that and the politics around that are still relevant and is still true for today 
And it, yeah, that those last three minutes really hit home hard. I think that was more shocking. The last three minutes, mm-hmm. yeah, documentary, yes, because I've and there was no aspect of no. it that was that was fictionalized no, because there was real. there was parts of. There was parts of the film Black Klansman which were partially yeah. fictionalized. You know, he never. Sorry, go on, go on, Adam. Well, because I've, I mean, I studied the civil rights movement, mm. and I have for a few years. And so once I got, I realized it was going to be a ridiculous, over the top thing, mm-hmm. which I expected first. I kind of like sort of like, not like knew what was going to happen. But I expected certain scenarios to play out certain ways. Mm. So like when KKK members got together when those black power groups, I kind of thought, oh, it'll play out this sort of way. But I think it brought home the last three minutes mm-hmm. that nothing's really changed still. Because mm. it's still, I think KKK, I don't think it's really went down since the 70s. I think it's this idea that the 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 meaning and purpose behind yes. what the Ku Klux Klan were about is perhaps diluted somewhat. I don't think that there is, well, I might be wrong, but I don't think there are white people in America that want to see black people, you know, scorched and hung from trees and things. But you're, you're both looking at me in ways that you're saying there probably are. Was, I think, it definitely was because that, that happened. Uh, and I think even now, much less... No, I mean, I yeah. mean in terms of, you, you, you wouldn't want, I don't think that you, there are... I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I think what it does show is that yeah, you're right. Because there's the... a bit in it where I think it was like a Black Power group thing. They got the old man there. He was yeah, in the so talk. He's yeah, the story. and he was, he was talking, how, telling a story about his friends. Uh, they was it they burnt and hung a black man, then made into postcards. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but that was but yeah. yeah. It's the fact that it's presented that's just acceptable. Yeah, I was and like, the whole thing. If enough people do it, then that's that's mm-hmm. fine to do. And actually, you got you got to have people who stand up and say no, mm-hmm. it's not fine. I just at all. think now there's more people that stand up and say no. Definitely, but I think throughout the film you could start to see these parallels with what's happening now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talked about David Duke. They have a whole conversation about him being like could be up in terms of being president. Yeah. And uh, he uses even uses line of to to get our greatness back to make it great again. And also mm. like, ah, oh, yeah, I see all that. But then to just be like, no, we're not. We're just going to show you real footage. We're not going to edit anything. Yeah. We're just mm. going to present this. This is all real. Yeah. And you're not looking at those scenes thinking, well, why am I being shown these? You're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like that. As anything I've watched and thought, yeah, that's good parallels and analyzed. That has been the best example to be like, no, look. Look at it straight away. I admire about the film because <clears throat> I, I wasn't sure if they were going to do this, but how like the kind of question the Black Power movement at the same time. I don't that's think what to, that's what we're saying before. Yeah, is that like, I think it, it is important that th- there is a there is a balance yeah. to the film. Because a lot of films might have just went, uh, KKK were evil, Black Power were fine. But Spike Spike Lee is too intelligent yeah, uh, a man to allow. As as binary a narrative mm-hmm. as that to occur, you know, it's it's not a case of, you know, white equals bad and black equals yeah. good. It's this idea that actually, there are there are good people and there are bad people, and it is irrespective of ethnicity, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that is something that he he tried to show. And but actually, as well, the 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 members of the Ku Klux Klan themselves are not necessarily two-dimensional people they're not felix 
is far from yes he, he there's aspects of him that kind of carry a kind of a at all costs kind of sociopathic sort of vibe to him but actually he's quite there's elements of him that are quite three-dimensional you know mm. he's not you know he he's he's right to be suspicious mm. of of adam driver's um undercover officer character he's you know he's he's a he's actually reasonably clever at some points you know and he does try to yes he's a little yeah. off hinged but he's not he's not a two-dimensional kind of disney villain i think clever scene talk about that it was one bit i forget what character but was it one of them was saying the holocaust was made up yeah so so there's yeah. A, yeah so there's a scene in which adam driver's character is, felix. is is yes. being is is being is felix is trying to force him to sit a yeah. light detector test um because he thinks that adam driver's character is a is jewish which he is yeah. in the film um and i think yeah sorry carry on uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking that was a uh, quite it's kind of sure i know he's undercover but mm. i think quite sure that even within KKK, mm. everyone had different views. Because, say, one person thought the Jews made up the Holocaust. Yeah. Other people thought that the Holocaust was a great event. Yeah. Other people thought should get rid of black people. Yeah. Other people think black people can still be about, but as a separate community. Yeah. And I, f- I think how that was built, because there's a lot of KKK films, and a lot of them kind of just go... Is there? Well, you'll feel like history, like films. You're, you're thinking of Birth of a Nation. Which they show. Which yeah. they show. Like, there's the, a lot of films film. that, or like films, TV show that kind of like portray the KKK. Yeah. Right, okay. So they're... Uh, but like not, Mississippi Burning. Yeah, but okay, I mean, right. a lot of them do the easy thing of saying KKK evil and they just want to kill black people. Yeah, because, it. because it's an easy, yeah. it's an easy target, but these isn't were, it? This felt more real to what actually was. Mm. That's... It shows you the the power of potential belief and how yeah. you can justify that to yourself. Because mm. I'd say David Duke was another character. It took me out that it was Topher Grace. I, I struggled with that <laughs> to begin with. I didn't even notice. Um, yeah. But I think that was again you could you could understand just his complete viewpoint, horrific. Mm. But but it wasn't just like oh this this is an evil person here it had the radio there was a radio station used to play in the section where it was like someone broadcasting that's him it's like was it's it? almost like some sort of tape yeah that something like, like someone I didn't know if it was like, like a radio or tape so um, why don't we let's talk about some of the sort of the more lighter points because <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we've kind of just di- we've dived straight into the deep end which is important because it is it is a film that should be talked about it is a film that should be discussed it is a film that should yeah. be studied and dissected but first of all let's 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 talk about um John David Washington is absolutely brilliant in this film mm-hmm. but I, I for me Adam Driver is mm-hmm. is the absolute um his performance in this film is fantastic and i i already think that he's a brilliant actor but this is a an absolute um jewel in his crown for Mm -hmm. me because it's so um especially there's there's the scene where because he's he's the he's the the white physical manifestation of ron stallworth in terms of infiltrating the kkk but he um there's a part where he's He's talking about 
he's never really had to think about his Jewish heritage before. Yes, yes. And because it's always just sort of been something there that he's never really thought about. And he said, his character says, I've never thought more about being Jewish than I have done over these last few weeks yeah. because it's constantly being questioned, it's constantly being challenged, it's constantly being scrutinized by the people that he is, that he's surrounded himself with in this undercover mission. Mm-hmm. And I, that that moment for me where he's he's really kind of thinking about his identity and his heritage and where he comes from and his background was just some amazing acting, amazing acting. I'd say that that's what sold it as well. That very much you could get on board with these characters. It was, mm. it it wasn't really heightened. Mm. And like I think you were saying with Felix, it, it wasn't a heightened version of them. It could have very easily tipped into that. Yeah. Um, but it was more you were just exploring uh, these characters. And yeah, I'd say that I didn't find any any person in it to be. Even Topher Grace would have been the one to do it. To, yeah. And um, but even he carried that role really really well. Yeah. Which was. Um, great to see you were saying about lighter moments and then yeah. you're talking in terms of someone looking in terms of their identity <laughs> quite deep because i think anything you try and pick out that is lighter has just so much more underneath to, to yeah, pull out that's very um, true i would say as well just something i noticed which i loved in it um the sound design yes in terms of when it would cut Brilliant. to another scene but it would keep a sound from the previous one or it would start that sound before it went yeah. in was fantastic and used to i think it might be in a gunshot or something. There was one point where I was just like, that's used yeah. to such good effect. It was like guns were shooting, but they were I, sticking on one scene. And it yeah, it was a completely different one. That yeah. you kept that sound underneath, like a telephone ring and all Yeah, all the, the, sound, sort of the sound editing was really clever. Was, uh, fantastic. I would say as well, I know we're saying with spoilers, but at the end it did sort of give you those win moments. Mm. Uh, mm. De- definitely one part where it was like, that is just amazing that they've done that to themselves. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know so I mean? Some some um, self sabotage. Yes. We can describe it as yeah. yeah absolutely. Just in terms, of, and it. I think that just made it even more powerful at the end that you did have these win moments of him calling up David uh, Duke again. Yeah. There are. There are. There are. <laughs> so was, there are. Sort of the yes. There are Good. some sort of you know fist bump the air moments yeah. throughout it and. There are those lighter moments, you know, where there there is there is a scene where um, Ron Stallworth does meet David Duke, um, and they get a picture together, and that's oh, a yes. great moment. <laughs> yes. That's a hilarious moment, really, really good. Um, but it, it, there are actually moments where, like, where you you do feel like you're actually laughing at the members of the KKK because some of them do say some absolutely ridiculous things and they do play it straight. Is it Ivanhoe would probably be your one. Yeah. Quite, the quite large guy. Yeah, yeah. Who's obsessed with explosives yes. and things. Yeah. He's not allowing about the pronounce things differently and he gave an example. Oh, yeah, about R and Is R. Is it in terms of yeah. <laughs> yeah. speaking? I, yeah, I, I, I know when I'm, I'm speaking to someone who's of pure Aryan race <laughs> yes. when in fact he's actually talking to a black guy over the phone. It's yeah. also about fried chicken and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's I think it, it was it was I think what was great about the film is that it does it played on certain aspects of ridiculous culture stereotyping yeah. as mm-hmm. well. Okay. Um so I'm guessing we all like the film. Yes. No, okay. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Great sound editing, great acting, really well put together. You, it's a story so strange that you can't believe that it's actually true, but it is true. Really hard hitting, something that should be studied. 
Yes, um, I think so, yeah. Is this a film that will be deemed a classic in 15 years' time? I think it has to be. Like you're saying, you can pull so much out of it yeah. and you can just come back to it over and over again. Yep, I completely agree. There was, there was moments of it where it did a better job at hitting home than a Michael Moore documentary. Yeah. Without the without the on the nose liberalism. Yeah. You know? Adam? Yes. Lovely. Done. <laughs> and now it's time for The Good. The Bad. And the Bower on. Oh you oh, ruined sorry. it. <laughs> I was too excited for the Bower on. You ruined it. No, it's so, fine. Let's go again. Oh, go on then. The good. The bad. And the bower on. No, you go. <laughs> right, what you got for us? This film shocked me when I found out how low the review scores were because I generally thought people liked it. Right, okay. Uh, it's a 2010 film. Yeah. Right. Uh, has a 3.8 out of 10. <laughs> oh, that's lower than The Phantom. Yeah. You're, going down, you're meant to be on the up. <laughs> and it's got Brendan Fraser in it. Oh, Hold on, 2010? 2010. I went to the pictures to see it. Um, what would it be like? Journey to the Centre of the Earth? Did he I, do those ones? N- Yes, he did. He did. Um, hold on. Yes. Did he do like the animals? There was something with animals. Is it that film? <laughs> yeah. What was the one with animals? Like, it was really bad. <laughs> it's like a family and they got into a cabin or something or they get attacked by animals. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, though. That's Doctor Doolittle 2, isn't it? No, no. you wish it was. It's Fairy Vengeance. Fairy, Fairy Vengeance. <laughs> what a name. Genuine... Tell us about the film, yeah, Adam. Yeah, give us the plot. Right, this is the synopsis. Yeah. In the Oregon wilderness, a real estate developer's new housing subdivision faces a unique group of protesters, the local woodland creatures who don't want their home disturbed. Okay. And you were shocked that this said 3.8. <laughs> I was. I generally thought everyone thought it was a classic. <laughs> <laughs> this worries me. Because, right, all the, not many people know this film. Yeah. And everyone I've talked to about says, yeah, it's funny. That which doesn't is, deem it a classic, which though. Which is, yeah, my granda likes it, though. <laughs> the thing is, though, right, Brendan Fraser, despite everything, he's still box office. The guy is still box office. The guy knows how to make a fun movie. Still I box office, him. Brendan Fraser? Yeah. What I was would the go most watch recent him. thing that Brendan Fraser did? This, for inventions. <laughs> I love Brendan Fraser. Like, I love it when The Mummy mm, came yeah, out. Yeah, The Mummy. Mummy came out, fantastic. I think mm. I was nine, so obviously my parents took me to see it. Can you stop showing off how young you were when these films were coming out? Honestly, it's doing my head in. Carry on. I was playing yes. at the third one, probably. Oh, yeah, there you go. So why should we watch this film? Because it's funny. Right. Uh, <laughs> right, I'd right. Do... is there any point where somebody... Gets attacked in the face by a squirrel. Yeah, I think so. Yes, get in. It's just selling no, it. This is such a funny film. I don't get why people tell it's... us what's tell us what's so great about the film, Adam. Well, so as Pot, he's like a recent. He's going to like knock down the forest. Mm. So, how long ago did you see this film? When I f- um, when I first saw it, it was when I first came out in pictures. When I first saw it, when I first saw Amazing. it, pictures went uh, two thousand. Yeah, I went with family. So and you've seen this multiple times. Twice. Okay. Okay. Have you, is there, are there, before we continue, are there any films that would be deemed as huge, huge classics, like like iconic films that you've seen less than Fairy Vengeance? For example, let's say Raging Bull. Have you ever seen Raging no. Bull? Right. So you've se- you've never seen, <laughs> this is what I'm saying, you've never seen Raging Bull, yet you've seen Fairy Vengeance twice. Yeah. Okay. Godfather? Uh, bits of it on the telly right <laughs> well you could watch Fairy Vengeance twice 
or watch Godfather once. So exactly. That's fair enough. Okay. Uh, um, right. Yeah, sure. Carry on. I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's some classic, just funny scenes in this. Of This is a man being terrorised by woodland creatures. And all the woodland creatures are like really like in sync. Like they plan on taking them down. Do they speak? Do they speak these woodland no. creatures? No. Well, they talk to each other, but they don't actually speak in human language. Do you get subtitles? Um, if I remember correctly, they have like a speech bubble, and the speech bubble has pictures in it to represent what they're saying. Okay. Uh, but really? Yeah, I'm sure. That's <laughs> like happens. as if they're speaking to each other in text message form. Yeah, like emojis. Oh, See, God. Fairy Vengeance popularised the emojis. So anything, that truly is a classic. Emojis were around before 2010. Yeah, but people were like, as soon as so very eventually. This like, was a Damn. 2010 film? Yeah. Okay. They were like, wow, and these emojis. I'm straight on it. Right. I've just typed this into my phone. Why? 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> how? It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> no, yeah, how did it get 7%? This should have been lower. <laughs> no, it was so many good. Like, I laughed right the way through this film. Yeah. It's just. So do you, yeah. do you but, need to watch right. this like it's bad? No, I no, you need to watch it like it's a, that good, a comedy. Good film. That's a comedy. Okay, right. You laugh at lots of things. I laugh at you too. Yeah. That... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. Right. I'm going to go through some animals, and I want you to tell me if either a they feature or b if they attack a human being. All right. Attack. The more the more yeses, the more likely I am to watch it. I got okay. The Are we ready? Me. Okay. So squirrel. Yeah. Attacks anybody? They all attack someone at some right, point. Okay. Ba- right. Okay. <laughs> right. In well, the they, film, though. Right, hold on. Yeah. Do, do they have badgers in America? I don't know. Ca- Canada. Is, I mean, skunk. They have badgers. Okay. Skunk. Okay. Is there a skunk? Yes. Does it, it does. attack a human? I, I remember, like yeah. it, squ- it squirts. Yeah. A bear. Stuff. Right. A bear. Yeah. Do you want to see the posters? Just... Right. Okay. So An we've got owl? some sort of crow. <laughs> Yep, there's there raccoon. There's oh my god, that raccoon is holding a hose <laughs> and it's spraying it directly into Brandon Fraser's undercrotch, like right in there. There is some sort of yeah, the bear. Yeah, but the bear's being more huggy. No, but you see, the bear just looks like that. It's Are there a... any other animals except for those fox? five? They're the main. They're is the... there a fox? Fox is a good shout. They're... There is some sort of otter involved yeah. as well. They're the main characters of it. Yeah. Because uh, like they're like the leaders, they're like would you, control the Would you say the bidding. woodland creatures have a good character arc throughout the film? Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh, what's what's the backstory of the raccoon with the water hose? <laughs> You're obsessed with the raccoon, though. <laughs> why? Why is it that the raccoon is with the water hose, directing it squarely towards Brendan? Because basically, the point of it is they're just trying to wind them up so much that he leaves and doesn't build anything there. Okay. So none of it's. Specific violence. Does Brendan Fraser become like a tree hugger by the end of the film? Oh, Does he become like a full blown hippie? Do you want spoilers? Spoiling. Spoiling <laughs> the film. Um, at the end, uh, Brendan Fraser and the animals reconcile their yeah. differences because it's like. Does he buy them an apartment? On the land that he has just built on. I think he does. Does he? Is I that think, how it works? I, because I think there's like... He just destroys the rest of the forest. <laughs> destroys the forest. <laughs> well, that's sorted. <laughs> right. I've destroyed the forest, but bear, <laughs> raccoon, squirrel, otter, and crow, you're all welcome to an apartment. You're I'm all sure. You're all welcome for an apartment it, each. It ends up being a greater evil at the end, like another... A greater busy, evil. Like a businessman. And like, Ben Fears is like, oh, I've been wrong. 
and he uh, reconciles with them, and then they become friends and they destroy this great evil together. Will then... they kill this man? No, don't kill him. <laughs> it's, it's a family film. All so right. the film, the film initially talks about the, the deforestation, yes. but then ultimately goes into um, it. Then goes into basically terrorism. Are we saying that they blow up some sort of corporate building or something? No, don't blow up. It's oh, like okay. they destroy a man, but, is what Adam they said. Yeah, so murder. <laughs> no, they murder a business. I just remember them be playing childish. The animals all played childish pranks. Like, <laughs> like I think they knock a portaloo down at one point. Yes. Get in. Uh, so like he's all. So Tell he's me all, someone is in that portaloo. <laughs> you are <laughs> loving this film. <laughs> Tell me someone's in so that portaloo. Brendan Fraser's in it, and like he's oh, all. Okay. See, so he has to get in his wife's clothing instead for a business meeting. Brilliant. Why does he only have one set of clothes? Um, so he, well, I think he's like on his way to. Yeah. So he's carrying his wife's clothes around. That's a good point. He's got one set. <laughs> This is a major, surely, major plot hole. Surely there's other so, options. There's a continuity I'm pretty sure like, they eat all the other clothes. They eat like all the other clothes? So like the visit... He's like, oh, any excuse. Is there any point where the raccoon and maybe the bear or the otter are playing pool together, like in a bar? Or does the bear impersonate his wife as well? Does the bear... Does the, bear, does the bear impersonate one of the shady business people? Yeah. I hope it does. Like, you hope head. it? You've seen <laughs> the film? <laughs> but like, you know when he's like saying something? seen it something. twice. Wait for he's, the director's Don't forget, <laughs> he's seen this film more times than he's seen Raging Bull. Remember that. But it's just a light-hearted... Like, there's a bit where he goes to um, a psychiatrist mm. and, you know, the ink blot things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go, what do you see there? He goes, <laughs> he just goes, raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an actual raccoon in the ink blot though? No, uh, but then there's like uh, a window trauma. behind. Oh, there's the raccoon and in then, the window. And then later on he goes, raccoon. And he goes, raccoon, raccoon. No, I think he's mad because he's just seeing raccoons everywhere. He goes, there's a raccoon. <laughs> and like, it blew up his car or something like that. <laughs> 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 this is the first. <laughs> Bowerin recommendation that I am definitely seeing. Based on the fact you just told us, woodland creatures blow, blow up, up Brendan Fraser's Do car. Do they actually blow up a car? So he has to get into his wife's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's from the port oh, Also shout raccoon. <laughs> I wonder they fiddle about with a car. They what? Fiddle, they fiddle about with a car. Oh, they, they don't blow it I don't know, I can't remember. Something happens and they go... Adam, how long ago did you see this film? About last year. Right, so hold on. So if you saw this film last year, surely you must know whether they blow up a car or not. No. Uh, I just remember right, Brendan Fraser Right, me shouting. watching this film purely depends on whether those woodland creatures, I'm going to say heroes in this situation, mm-hmm. whether they blow up that car or not. Do they blow up the car? They're right. I think we need to watch this one. <laughs> Shall we watch it? I think we should. Right. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a That's fanfare. Two. This is a bower and recommendation that I am actually going to Woo! seek at some point in my life. I've got two now. Phantom Furry Vengeance. Now that's a weekend. <laughs> Just not a Phantom Furry Vengeance. No. <laughs> so we've come to the end of our podcast here, but not before we give you our thirty-second recommendations. Adam, we're going to start with you. Give us your 30-second recommendation in three, two, one, and go. I'm going to recommend Prisoners, starring Hugh Jackman That's the one. and Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Um, it's all about Hugh Jackman's daughter gets kidnapped. It's about what lengths would a father go to in efforts to catch kidnapper. And basically, if morality comes into play... Ten seconds. Whether... Uh, what he's doing is actually worse than what the kidnapper actually did if it's really the kidnapper and Jake Gyllenhaal's a police officer two seconds yes good <laughs> <laughs> love it okay. fantastic right, uh, so prisoners yeah prisoners I've started watching the beginning of that film it's a long film it's so a long film I, I want to watch it. it in its entirety because mm-hmm. I loved Arrival Blade Runner 2049 and uh, Enemy I think was another one weird yeah right ready Sicario Sicario as well, yeah. Mm. I've only watched half of that. I love it. Anyway, are you counting me in? Three, two, one, go. Okay, I'm going to recommend Her by Spike Jones. Even if I just read off this cast list, you've got Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson, Rooney Marner, Amy Adams, Chris Pratt, Kirsten Wigg, Bill Hader. Um, It's a fantastic story about a guy falling in love with his phone. Mm. Um, I watched it more because that sounded like a really peculiar premise, and I like weird premises um, and got completely sucked into the story um, it's quite muted in places and it, it really goes into it made me believe that this could actually happen and that sometime in the near distant future we will all just be dating our phones uh, and just a really really good film so definitely check out her excellent we i think most of us are dating our phones i know i think so. i've got my phone right now <laughs> you're so. just you're yep sorry babe <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to my phone there. <laughs> Just so you know. Don't why, give me weird looks. Why weren't you talking to me? Oh, no, don't make it weird. You ready to for your recommendation? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Under the Shadow tells the story <gasps> of a, a mother and daughter who... Why are you doing I've that? I've not seen it yet. You've so not I don't seen want this any film. Spoilers for it. Okay. Okay. For, right, well, count and, count me in again. I'm going to go hide in the but, cupboard. Okay. Hold, right. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Oh, but how am I? But you're both leaving me. Okay, just look at the, you can count. It's okay. Well, Three, I'll count you in. Two, one, go. Okay. So, Under the Shadow tells the story of a mother and daughter in um, post-war revolution uh, Tehran, and um, a missile. Um, comes comes crashing in through the roof of their uh, apartment block and with that missile it's, it hasn't exploded or anything but with this missile comes ghostly apparitions and under the shadow is probably one of the best horror films i've seen over the last few years um it's a british produced film and it's absolutely fantastic i think you, is it safe yeah yeah i'm just about to start sort of kind of recommending it okay Keep going. No, no, no! You, I've, 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 I've finished with sort of the plot oh, and everything. I don't think I've explained it very well, but I really hope people go and see it. It's called Under the Shadow. It's on Netflix, isn't it? it I think it is on Netflix. Yeah, it is on yeah. Netflix. You, it's, it's one of the best uh, horror films. Did you watch it that I've seen in a long, long time? Or did you just watch it through subtitles? I watched it subtitled. Subtitles, yeah, I wouldn't good. watch it dubbed. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like watching any. Foreign language films like, dubbed, um, like the really? Palgon advert. Maybe the odd animation, but uh, Dark, which is a TV series on yeah. Netflix as well, I found. So when I switched that just through to be in German and had it with subtitles, it was so much better. Yeah, does. I it, think I watched a bit in the rhyme of a washing machine advert. Yeah, <laughs> that's all like. It really it takes you out of it. But, okay, um, the Dark, fantastic series as well. But yeah. That's TV. Sorry, that's anyway, next week. that's fine. Under the shadow. <laughs> Under the shadow. So under the shadow, her and. What was my prisoners? There we go. <laughs> Excellent. Right. 
Don't forget, we are on Twitter, talking here, R-B-A-D. Please do hit us up on Twitter. Please, you know, let us know about what things you'd like for us to include on the podcast, and we will try and include them where we can. Next week's podcast is our Game of Thrones spoiler special. Yeah. That's not the theme song at all. Um, and then the week after that, we are going to do our best of 2019 so far. And ex- film things to be excited for. And I things think, to be excited for as well. Yes. Absolutely. Throw that in. It just leaves us to say... I'm leaving here. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Rob. Bye, everybody.